OTB Sports Rugby. 1 to 15, everyone's got a role to play in terms of breaking down the opposition, but it's an enjoyable attack to, to be involved in because we all like to play rugby and get our hands on the ball and stuff like that. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. Finny Perth is with us. Finny, good morning to you. Morning. How are we doing? Um, good. We, we've been getting a lot of grief from our uh, viewers and listeners for not doing enough on the League of Ireland and no better time to right, do a proper deep dive on this. It's Rovers versus Derry, right? And we kind of expected this to be, you know, top of the table, already six points, both teams on a run, but that's not the case. No, it's been a real interesting start and a start for a difficult start for a lot of teams because of... Um, um, I suppose the huge influx of players from outside of the league, so it's taken people a little while to get going. This has been probably the first pre-season I've seen where teams have really struggled to find rhythm for, for different reasons. And I look at, actually, Sligo signed 10 players the last time I checked, and seven of them were from outside of the league. So that's a that's like 70%. And John Mann came back from St. Johnson, but he was a Sligo player. And I think Dundalk, all of their signings have been from outside the league. So it's taken teams a little bit of time to get up to rhythm. And then uh, when we look at the big game, Shamrock Rovers in Derry, um, it's been, I was at the Derry Pats game. Uh, Derry were, again, hadn't found the rhythm spectacularly, but uh, Ollie O'Neill play, came in from Fulham on loan late. He played. Patrick McElhenney was, was sort of injured. Michael Duffy was injured. So we're. It's typical start of season stuff, but what's happened at Shamrock Rovers been really interesting. They won nil up in the first game. Uh, Pico Lopez sent off. Uh, one nil up against Rotterdam. I was at that one. Probably should have been clear. And then the two centre halves got sent off. So that's really changed the the sort of narrative around this game this weekend uh, because Rovers play ex- uh, same way for the last five years. Back three, almost a, a two wing backs and a box in midfield. They're without trade or centre halves. Sean Horse seems to be injured. So you, what you need did he that do? For your back three, yeah, yeah. So it's that's fascinating, and I'm sure uh, Derry will be sort of trying to work out, trying to looking for bits of information and of, of what Rovers are going to do the weekend. So that will be fascinating. to See how that pans out. More red cards than points. Yeah, um, it's been interesting um, because they've been. Uh, yeah, they've been a little bit unlucky. You know, some people have asked me, oh, have they got a discipline? No, it's... If this was a French rugby team, we'd be like, ah, oh, typical. Yeah. But it's it, it's just a coincidence. Yeah, it is. Because, um, look, I think Lee Grace's tackle against Rotter when he's already got a yellow card is probably where his man just say to him, you can't make that ta- tackle. Dan Cleary's a little bit unlucky and Pico Lopez is unlucky the week before. It's just, I think... Rovers keep 10 men or 11 men on the pitch in both games I think they win both of them they didn't so it Is makes it for an interest one. bang of early season refereeing as well where stuff that maybe a little bit later in the season you get away with and they're like uh, they were going to establish precedent here so that we can uh, I, I think the only yellow card is, as I said Dan Cleary's first yellow card for time wasting was a bit, bit strange but no I, don't, okay. I think I think look I think it, um, they were second yellows and that's what happens Um Shamrock Rovers dropping points early in the season is good for the league. That's my contention yeah. here. Because like, we expect them to go on a run at some point. They've got the best squad. There will be a distraction in Europe, however long that lasts. But we would expect them to still be ahead of everybody else, given where the club's evolution is. Is that fair? Yeah, I think, I think they're 
they're very clearly in terms of squad wise ahead of everybody else. I think people are expecting a title race with them and Derry in particular. Um and, and Derry have still a little bit to prove as well to be in a in a title race. Like I think um when you look at most leagues it's I feel it's one between the ten and five games to go in the seasons when it's really when uh, the squeaky bum time kicks in that's really the key to it sometimes it goes really deep and last season Rovers had, had lost five games and drawn a lot more so in context for, for the few years previously that like Dundalk winning leagues or Cork winning leagues you might get away with two, three not five so um, they need to be put under a little bit of pressure to test how good they are they that we all think they are gap early in the season last year and they just kind of kept everybody at arm's length so yeah. those those defeats were never it never felt like ooh ooh now we're going to see something yeah and that's why we need a team to push them to and, and great teams need to be pushed I feel I feel this is a great Rovers team I, I would love them to be pushed and it looks like Derry are the ones who are going to take the challenge to them and um, we, we'll see Like, but as I said um, if you're Derry, what's your mindset heading into this game? Is it like try and crush Rovers and get a bit of a lead on them and build that up? Or yeah, is it well, like, actually, you know what? It's, gonna, it's early in the season, it doesn't really matter. Well, Rory Higgins has been involved with Dundalk for a while, and we've had some great nights up in Tallaght Stadium. Um, and where, where we had that success, probably wide areas. Remember Sean Gannon scoring from fullback, and, for example, and uh, they will know that. They will know how they will have a way of beating Shamrock Rovers. Derry. Um, We'll test. We'll test them. They've got Will Patching, Patrick McElhenney, Hopefully, Michael Duffy is back. But they've got really players of one leagues, players of one uh, big things. So they want. They want to have a fear there. I would say Rovers are, will feel on paper a little bit weaker this weekend. And what a, after winning the the Presidents Cup, people will make it. That's a friendly. But that's that's when you're involved in teams. Um, I remember when we beat Cork in the President's Cup in 19 it was a real momentum builder for us and it knocked them back for six so I think if they were to win in Tala on Friday after the President's Cup I think that's setting a real statement uh, of intent Declan Devine will be fairly happy with how things have gone for both so far Like, can can they sustain a challenge? I, I'm not saying they're necessarily going to win the title but so far so good Yeah, I- again um it's that word momentum uh, people in sport use and I think they've got a big weekend Jerry, Jerry loves that word yeah, uh, I know I, I've heard him but <laughs> um, it's it's one of them like I believe in confidence for, yeah. for the record right? It, it, the but we can have a play in words but yeah. momentum confidence but whatever it, it is I, I think the difference with, with, with balls and I would have spoken to Richie here uh, a couple of weeks ago where we felt he'd have a really good start is there was a lot of noise around Bowles in terms of new manager middle of last season, but they're a very structured club. Um, they they have their business done early in a lot of the cases. Uh, that's different to other League of Ireland clubs. Appointment of Pat Fenlon, I think, is huge as well to help Declan Devine. Mm. I think you need that in the modern game in terms of what, what goes on now in clubs and so many different facets to it. But uh, Bowles, Bowles have added intensity into their play they've added Adam McDonald Buckley's come into it Jordan Flores who's a, a scorer of great goals and then you have the whole Daily Mount factor and Bowles factor where um, huge crowd uh, big games and again they beat Dundalk the other day 2-1 and that's the point about you look at Dundalk's players that have come in None of them, a lot of them players playing in League 1 League 2 fringe players haven't probably experienced it 
a game like that of that intensity and that's where Bowles have stolen the march on people and they've got um, they've got shells on Friday that's a that's a big game it's a big game for Duffer mm-hmm. you could do it a, a, a win and um, then they've got a home game against Trotter on, on Monday so if they were to win both games this weekend they'll set me off to a really good start but they're probably short of winning the league title but I don't think they'd be stuck if they're there thereabouts come the next transfer window to put their hand in the pocket and improve the team I think they'll push for a European spot now and they'll they'll be the ones that will chase uh, Pats and Pats and Bowles will probably chase Derry and, and Rovers into them sort of top four positions um, that is a big game field to it like 850 Bowes away tickets I think sold out in, in no time which is no surprise given the Bowes support in recent years but you're having some big game fields very early in the season which is great yeah it is like it's it, I heard you speaking about uh, chanting and different things the other day like uh, I was at Bristol City last Saturday and it's it's flat I was at um, Derry and Pats in the first game of the season set beside the Derry fans and I'm telling you guys, it is brilliant and it has captured the imagination of a lot of the public. Not not everybody. We don't need everybody. But uh, when you hear the Derry fans sing The Town I Love, honestly, I don't even know the words and I joined in. It Jeez, is yeah, it yeah. is like it is brilliant stuff. People have to experience this to to realise how good it is. Because there's a there's a local and a community feel to it and there's a there's a bit of realism to it as well. And it's not again, I go back to I watched Everton and Chelsea and I stood in the Gladys Street end and um it was first game of the season in the premiership, so it wasn't like Everton are you know, that now they're everybody's bad mood around the club. And I tell you, I enjoyed Derry and Pats more. I understand I was watching world-class players in the, in the Premiership game, and I'm, I'm not trying to compare both. And um, I'm sure your YouTube listeners will, will probably have a go off me for that. But I mean, for experience-wise, uh, Richmond Park was better than than Goodison, honestly. And Goodison is a brilliant stadium, generally. I live very close to Talca, and uh, any time there's a game on, you can tell. Like, uh, the sound carries. Yeah. And it carries in a way that it doesn't really from Croker. With Croker, when there's a big score, there's like a surge of noise. And obviously, they're very close to each other. But there is this kind of constant burble. We're like kind of in the back garden listening to this. Going, this is, you know, it's, yeah. it's drawing people in the locality in with the, the sounds. Now, the team needs to... Yeah, yeah. Do you know, Shane's point about there's a big game feel off this... There's, there's not a big game feel at the end of the season if the teams aren't doing well or if there isn't something to fight for so um, Shelburne could find themselves in the back foot in a relegation battle it's not a relegation battle right? they'll be grand but um, Duffer needs to start seeing some results yeah I think they've won I think I've seen a statistic like 5 and 22 or something like that Like so it's it's not been brilliant Duffer's, Duffer's challenge has definitely been the resources of Shells aren't as good as the other Dublin clubs so to sign those those type of players is really difficult um, he got he got blood out of a stone to a point last year in terms of what he'd done I think right. he overachieved I think he was he, he probably won't admit that because he wanted the team to push on and all of these things but I thought I thought at one stage I was I was debating in my head whether he was manager of the year that's how good he'd done on stages okay, last year okay. uh, I think that, that's, that's fair to, to hear because like, yeah. um, a lot of people will just look at the results and assume that the the relative resources are fairly similar. I guess that's the whole point about Shell's looking for investment because that's the thing that's going to allow them to kick on to the next level. Yeah, and and I don't want to be disrespectful to the players there, but he's got a he's got some players there that he needed to get them to another level. And whether they like it or not, they were getting to that level because of Damien and Joey O'Brien and what he'd done on the training ground and the professionalism and 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 the drive in the club. And he's got players to another level. Some of those players. 
probably could have been not classed as first division players, but really good first division players doing really well for them. And so they, they've improved and they've they've kicked on. And um, I'd like to see Duffer get a bit of investment and a bit of backing from the club. I know it's difficult for them, but I'd love to see him with some better League of Ireland players and to test them to see can he take that club to the next level. Okay, so you're a believer in the, the Duffer revolution then? Well, you've got to win games as well. And he'd be he, like, he knows football better than anybody. He's seen people come and go in clubs. He's got to win games as well. And um, they could do with a big win. There's there's a bit of rivalry with Duffer in a couple of the Dublin clubs, and he's he's not afraid to, which is brilliant. We want to see passion from our managers. It's, well, it's total it's, box office. Yeah, and why not? It's great for the league. Big one for uh, big one for the dock. Like there's all the talk around the the whole city links and the the takeover uh, rumors, but is it some pats at home in yeah. Royal Park tomorrow night? Like that that again is a big game. Given one point from two is not. Not an ideal start for the dock. Yeah, if Jared if Jer just doesn't listen for a second, it's about momentum, right? For teams, <laughs> right? So if you, look, if you look at Pats, okay, they started the season, they drew drew at Derry and they won the other day. Not being overly convincing, both again, they're searching, they've played back three, back four. Mm-hmm. But going up to Oriel Park would be huge for them, seven points in the first three games. And then the flip side of that, if Dundalk were to get a win, um, again, they can. it's something to build on. So it's a really big game for both clubs um, because Pats are perceived to have a, had a good start so if Dundalk beat them on Friday they're both on four points so yeah. it's like yeah. that's it, there's a big feel to these games already in the season and sometimes what happens in League of Ireland uh, to explain to you uh, Shane is that you get huge momentum the first half of the season because it's that type of league where you can be three, four, six, two, three wins away from being in a European spot. The crowds will sort of tail off a little bit towards the end because you have nothing to play for yeah. a little bit. But um, So it, it's important for clubs to build on it and a good early start is huge for them. And I think if it's Pat's a big game for them. If their go. fans by winning this game that they're going to be in touching distance of a title challenge, then uh, Inchcore will be full week in, week out. But if they were to lose this uh, five weeks in, then it's harder for them to rally the yeah. troops and make Inchicore a fortress and it kind of has this knock-on impact. Yeah, and the only thing I'll say to you is Inchicore, whatever, whatever Pats have done, Inchicore has been rocking for a while to be fair okay. you know so the, but the example is uh, Cork for example uh, six seven thousand it's a brilliant place to go to it's it's great right it's really hostile it's brilliant you really enjoy it as an opposition but if Cork going to struggle now uh, this season you might only find there's one and a half thousand there two thousand second half of the season and it's 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 more difficult for them Needless to say, the teams that do well at the start of a season are the teams that find a settled squad. And I know you've been touching on that with, with writing this week about, about Dundalk. Like, early in the season, you need to have you need to know you're starting 11 fairly quickly. Stephen O'Donnell, that, that's a major issue for them at the moment if they can't settle on a team. Yeah, St- St- Stephen's an outstanding coach, but he needs a hand. I mean, signing three or four players after the season starts is not helpful. Mm. Um, for whatever reason, wh- whoever's fault that is, whether wh- whatever that is. And you can tell they're not they're not necessarily as, as number one targets because you wouldn't have left it so like they're relying on the UK market for people who haven't got loan deals probably or fall no favour at clubs um, so it's not ideal and it's not what they want and it, it will affect the team Dundalk deserve a little bit better they deserve to be in a better place and um, they need whether that's whether whether that's the current owners putting their hands in the pocket or they need investment because uh, for Ligavorn to grow we need we need some real strength and depth and Dundalk are one of them clubs 
and and to touch on it briefly, you look at the first division, Waterford and Galway, for example, are really. If we sometimes you've, I'm not suggesting this, and I go against what people believe in, but League of Ireland sometimes need to manipulate the league to make it a little bit better. Both them clubs should be Premier Division clubs. It would help us usually, as in extend to twelve, 12 teams. teams. Next yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they they did do it, and they, uh, before where they done it on criteria and different things. But we could probably do with them two clubs again. Uh, Full House in, in Waterford, RSE. You'd expect Galway's brilliant ground, get good crowds when they're going well. So we could probably do with adding them two teams in a little bit, and um, hopefully, all of them get promoted. I haven't heard anybody else say that so far. Is that a is it a, is it doing the rounds? Is this? Well, I, I, ideally what people would prefer is the likes of uh, maybe someone like UCD to go back down to the first division and Galway and Waterford replace someone else. That's that's ideally what people want to happen. Um, that's a little bit disingenuous on, on UCD because the amount of players they develop is frightening. I mean, they, is, are we not really lucky that UCD are in the situation that they're in, that they can play and be competitive as competitive as they are in the Premier Division. Yeah, it's a lazy comment people make about UCD. If you go back to the players that have been developed by UCD, it is far and away probably the best club for development players in the last 20, mm-hmm. 30 years. Uh, you think of the, the great Theo Dunn, just recently passed away, but so many good players have been developed at that club and developed in the right way with an education. Well, that I was going to say, it like, is huge. You know, huge. the whole thing about uh, football is that it doesn't care about the footballers, it just uses the players up, wrings them dry, well, and then casts them aside. Yeah, that's not UCD's way. Like, we've uh, managed people in Dundalk from, that came through the UCD way, like someone like Dave McMillan, and he was a qualified architect when he arrives with you. But he's a different perspective than on the game, and it's he, he's more. Uh, in tune with what's happening in life, he, he's, he's easier. Takes on information, and he's got a better understanding of what's needed to do in life. And he always has that in the background. Robbie Benson, another example of it. They're, they're brilliant people to have in your club because it rubs off on them. Um, you, you'd often hear Robbie speaking to people about whether it was politics, whether it was about investments, whether it was about what you're going to do in a dressing room, and that's sort of having people like that around. Yeah. The other footballers who've come the other way, where it's just football, 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 the hell with everything else, and it's a good balance, and uh, UCD should never be, the, what they bring to League of Ireland football should never be undervalued. Is there any possibility of there being a 12-team division next year? Is this like... I don't think the Premier Clubs would agree w- to would, it. Would agree to, and that's the problem, and I don't think they would. Uh, it's just that there is a huge because the, uh, self-protection. If you think about it, there's ten teams in the Premier Division. Four will end up inevitably in Europe. That's forty percent chance. So the top clubs will will self uh, uh, present, preserve themselves. And it's about. It just happens to be this is a really strong first division. You've got Finn Harps. Um, you've got Bray. Um, obviously, the top uh, Galway and Waterford expect to be the top two, but it's. Just, it's about. I suppose historically we didn't have enough teams that have a good structure around them. We're starting to get our act together now, so there is an argument for a 12 team league should be on the way. Certainly uh, worth talking about for sure. Um, just to, to, to go back to the point that we were making at the very start, this is, um, you know, this is the two best teams in the country, really, Derry against Rovers. Um, that's what we expect to happen. Uh, is there a possibility that Stephen Bradley revisits his? entire core philosophical view on football and doesn't play three at the back this weekend I can't wait to find out that's the key to it because Stephen Kenny changed from I'm a forward back man 
Yeah. Generally, I know there was a few examples in history that you were able to cipher us. Um, the away game in Europe. Did you go three at the back? No, no, no. They well, his first ever league one game was three at the back, but no. Um, well, look, maybe it, it depends on Sean Hoard, say. If Sean Hoard's available, one centre half, he could play Sean Gannon. Maybe Gary O'Neill has played centre half of midfielder. Um, but they do talk a lot about. Our, our structure, our way of doing things, our, our, our belief in different things. I would. I'm fascinated to see. I don't know. Um, I don't live too far from the training ground. I'm tempted to go in and look at the bushes and, and have a little look uh, this week. You but need, you need a drone. Yeah, a drone. Um, Vinny Bielsa. Uh, um, it will. This honestly, yeah, it's fascinating. This it will be fascinating to see the starting eleven and the shape of them. If you think about, it, if you play for four or five years of a of a back three box midfield and all of a sudden turn up with a back four they never even do it in sort of uh, league cup games over the years or whatever uh, they normally bring in the kids and play that same way so it will be fascinating to see are they, are they good enough to do it yeah they are they're good enough to do it with a back four and look it's been successful it hasn't it hasn't always won over the neutrals in terms of yeah. the, the quality uh, or the enjoyment maybe the quality has been there but it's like um, the easy on the eye kind of thing and I don't know maybe it's going to well, eventually lead to European success right so I've a Dundalk cap on when I say this right so this this has a health warning to it but I always I've equated it for, for sort of the, the neutral listener is that when you compare Liverpool and Man City okay uh, they're two different styles of play Liverpool Trent Alexander etc fullbacks that was the Dundalk way speed power Massey cross and Gannon scoring at the back post you could see that happening no problem I, uh, that's my way that's the way I love playing football I think that's you know high intensity Rovers a bit more Man City it's a bit more pass 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 wait for someone to make a little error slip someone in and they don't have the same intensity in attack I would say both are brilliant styles it's about what you believe in if you offered me a season ticket for Liverpool, I'd take that over Man City because I think there's more enjoyment. There's more likely to be a three-two, a late goal here and there, but it doesn't mean the the Man City or the Shamrock Rovers way isn't effective because it, the, it's working clearly and um, it's it's about what your beliefs is and what you like in football. It's also a little bit about what the ceiling for it is and whether or not the ceiling for the Liverpool way is to win the Champions League and the ceiling for the Manchester City way is not to win the Champions League. We shall see. Yes, so. and and the, the challenge I would say for for Rovers is, I think in Europe sometimes um, to go and win games that next stage, sometimes you need a little bit of pace in Europe where you get in behind somebody and make something happen. A lot of the European clubs will be okay, content with you having the ball, and they'll wait to, to counter attack you. Yeah, there was, um, there was somebody recently was making the point about um, was it Harry, uh, Harry? Was it Potter and his style of play that uh, they didn't have the vast majority of possession at uh, Swansea and Brighton, and so it was kind of a bit weird for him to embrace that style when actually you need to be fully in control, and that's why they were never performing at the level they should have been so the XG at Chelsea is below where it should be yeah. but it was at Brighton as well yes is that a coincidence I no, don't know that's the style of management well, do you know what I yeah. mean it's like uh, so he's just had bad luck and the bad luck follows him around or else the, the stats aren't actually but if you if you compare the new manager at Brighton in terms of that very slight tactical change won't go into it now but they play two number sixes and they play about ten yards apart from each other okay and what's the idea behind that they, they go side to side they're not afraid but the idea is to give a bit more freedom to the front four and Brighton have become 
a little bit more exciting since yeah. since he's, the new guy's taken over. And it is about that little small tactical change uh, in people's mindset. It's about what you like, what your preference is. Who knows what's right or wrong? Scoring more goals than you're supposed to is good. Well, if they score four, I'll score five. Well, that's my mindset, but that's not everyone's. They think well, there's times you won't score five. But even the Potter thing of like not, I don't know. I, I don't think it's a coincidence that the XG is not where that they've underperformed their XG over such a now sustained period at two separate clubs. Um, one last thing, we were talking about uh, Evan Ferguson has to start, right? Uh, okay. Do I think he'll start? It's different. It depends on the next, next, like the next little while. I, I was only thinking about this last night, right? Um, I'll answer this in a long-winded way for you. Okay, go like on. Gavin Bazuna didn't play last night, and he hasn't been that good. I hope he stays in, gets back into the Southampton team. Seamus Coleman, bit of a mare last night, taken off, but has been in really good form. Matt Doherty hasn't played. You, Alan Brown is playing right wing back for Preston on the left who are we going to play is it going to be Doherty you look at our centre halves Collins is not playing O'Shea is Omar Bamadele's lost his position um, uh, who else Egan Egan. E- Egan didn't play yesterday but generally plays yeah. I don't, he must have been injured I think he's suspended they said or, the yeah, yeah. our midfield three you would imagine Josh Cullen playing week, week out Um Knight is now back in the Derby team in midfield, which is good. Central midfield. Malumbi's more or less playing. He scored, and then I, th- I think he picked up an injury, but he's more or less playing. You look at Evan Ferguson. Adam Oida is again playing, and he's very strong for him. I think they. So I think it's between Adam Oida who starts him and 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 Ferguson, and then it's probably going to be. Um, Charles uh, Benny or or no, Obafemi uh, uh, started for Burnley this week. So we're. The next few weeks crucial that like Collins gets game times. Somebody uh, the, the lads in midfield get game time. Jeff Hendricks in and out of, sort of does play for Reading, but being in and out a little bit. So I think at the moment momentum's with Ferguson should start. I would start him, but that's different. That's personal. But Adam Eda may start the game because um, I think the staff really like what he brings to the team. Could he play with Ferguson, Eda and Ferguson? No, I don't think we we can play both. They can play together, of course, but I don't think we play both. We'll only have one, and it's probably of a family off playing behind, one, play, right. playing behind, and and you know the Jason Knight, what Jamie McGrath done away in Portugal, that sort of midfielder who'll do a little bit of both, and that right. will be as as attack minded, I think, as we'll be. Okay. Throw Gavin Houlihan in against France, surely. Yeah, no, it was brilliant. And if you think Gavin played with Cork, and then it, then Cork obviously. Went through a bad spell, ended up at Waterford, uh, Galway in between. I think he's a Galway lad, if I'm not mistaken. And then... Maybe um, Well, he started off with Kenny. I don't know yeah. if he's, where he's raised. And then went to Hartlepool, had a good you know, League 2, scored 20 goals, good few penalties. And now, brilliant night for him, brilliant night for, again, another League of Ireland player going to for the UK. And um, what a horrendous result for Southampton, I'll ah, tell yeah. you what. But... It's it's great for Bazunu. It's 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 <laughs> great for him. McCarthy did do okay, Jared. That's the only problem in okay. goal. Made a right. couple of good saves, but I hope he gets back into the team. But uh, brilliant night, great great player, uh, really good league one player. Won, won a league with Cork, and um, it's really good to see one of our own doing something on it. What well, FA Cup is still now mm. or becoming a world stage again, isn't it? Yeah, totally. And for those teams, and like um, they've made that level. Uh, I think they've beaten five teams from above them already. Um, first team ever in, in history to do that so Vinny enjoy the games this weekend thanks a million yeah, I look forward to it um, and the odd time 
Listen, go to go to Talca Park as opposed to listen to the back garden. You know, tickets tickets hard to get. I, I want to bring the kids. That's the the bit that we're just working up to. I have to, I have to bribe them. So, <laughs> OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now.